yeah, so now that we covered the, the observance, we can yeah look at uh, yeah the broader Bakunin perspective and what's good, bad, and ugly there. Um, so unless you're digging into specific profiles, um, which we've kind of already hit on, and most of the ugly stuff is kind of one or two profiles in places um, where you go, why does this profile even exist? You're never taking it. Um, there's very little in modern Bakunin that I point out and I just go, yeah, no, that's ugly. Um, like, healers are it. Um, I can't, like, not, like, sure, the combi rifle uh, smoke LGL Warlock, which doesn't have smoke grenades and costs you one SWC, I think, still, like, yes, that is an ugly profile. Like, why does this exist? Um, and I, I, I know why it still exists, because um, I've had this discussion with IJW, but it shouldn't anymore. It just serves no purpose. Um, like, so there's stuff like that, which is still like, yeah, this is in the ugly spot, but yeah, it's one of the things about what the observance change has done to Bakunin is Bakunin has always been, and I said this earlier, a faction of three uh, different themes smooshed into one overall uh, jurisdictional command, and they play kind of differently. Um, so this will actually be my ugly, and it's an ugly from a law point of view then. It's the fact Riot Girls go and moderate a fire teams. It's excellent from gameplay and it does a whole heap for the game, but come on, like Riot Girls are part of the that part of Gnome of uh Bikunin that isn't the moderator core and isn't observance. It's their contribution to the Nomad military forces. And you're crossing the streams. Um Why would the cops like, take uh, such an such an anarchistic girl in, in, in their ranks? Right? Uh, at least there's a justification for chimeras and morlocks and why the cops use them. Um, kind of. Um, so, like, that's in there as an ugly that I always want to see changed. Oh, fuck. Sorry. Chaxa exist. Sorry, I forgot Chaxa existed. Yeah, how, how, how are the Chaxa doing? <laughs> uh, a little, little Toa representation. Like, oh. So, it, it's funny. Like, before this change dropped, I was arguing that what would be interesting is rather than allowing moderators and girls to link, allow Chaxa and girls to link. So one of the, the law background pieces on girls is they make their own armor. They're also associated with people who make the uh, uh, lounge suits. Uh, they're called uh, lounge lizard suits for the pilots of Nomad Tags. And so there's this sort of techie, build-it-yourself, kill-it-yourself attitude mm -hmm. underpinning and around girls. You look at Chaxa, the Chaxa we also get a kind of build-it-themselves, uh, arms, techie kind of parts of uh, Toha, as I understand it. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, so there's kind of this... Nat natural synergy of outsiders who have a build up themselves kill themselves attitude um who like downtrodden outsiders despite the fact it's human human females um well actually no it's right girls they don't care um 
so long as you're not up for the patriarchy, they just don't care. And then Chaxa, who have clearly also kind of left the triarchy. So there's a little nice synergy there that just has never been sort of taken up. Yeah. Let them be friends um, join a, and join in a league team. Right. So there, there's some cool stuff you could do there, which CB didn't go down the path of, um, which is fine. Um, CB gets to these, make these decisions, not some random guy on the internet. So it's, it's perfectly okay. Um, so Chaks are probably part of the other part of the ugly. Yeah. Bad wise. Um, so one of the things that got me into nomads, like the, the one of the reasons why I went cool, I'm going to play nomads and then, okay, I'm going to play Bakunin was because of Custodius. Um, but when I started playing, the way the factions were advertised was around their core units and what that meant for gameplay. So Nomads was the faction of medium infantry, re combat rems, and hackers. Like, that was what Nomads did as a gameplay thing. Didn't really understand what medium infantry was, but that sounded cooler than powered armored space marines uh, and cooler than light infantry um either backwards yeah um backwards or desert types like so yeah cool medium infantry sound cool so i've discussed the medium infantry part of uh beginning already but the rems right lunacods and cyclones are two of the coolest things in nomads like they are just awesome yeah um uh, they have the most tech in them of any comparable rem uh, in the human sphere. Yeah. Uh, they have a Saluet's base with the highest armor of any rem until Vostok's came around, with some of the highest tech weaponry, secondary weapon, and multiple uh, vision systems. Like, they're just cool. They're pinnacle nomads tech. And they suck on the tabletop. I have played um, Lunacots so much when the crazy koalas were uh, things that walked with you. And uh, so you had like these two uh, crazy koalas in tow. And once uh, you were reactive, these guys jumped on anything that wanted to threat the Lunacots. Um, they've been a staple of mine, but yeah. They they dropped off since I don't know the change of two crazy koalas the influx of other units uh, that do the repeater game better. Um. So I I think they probably should have dropped off before that. And I say this as one of the people who was arguing that Lunacods were good most of the way through N three. I was probably in hindsight wrong, but they were fun to play. Yeah. Um. So I started playing Bakunin with a moderator core, uh, one or two Cyclones, one or two Lunacods, Zoe and Pywell, and Morlocks. That was what I learnt to play Infinity with. <laughs> Which is like the worst way you could possibly build Bakunin right now. Well, Firebuff is a pretty nasty gun. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I have a list with a Stig where I run a Zoe Pywell uh, Fullbox Cyclone Link uh, the Stig with the aforementioned 
uh, Duo with the repeater, uh, a Chimera, and a couple of other bits and pieces. And literally the first question I get ever asked when I post that list to somebody or I discuss it is, why are you running a Cyclone instead of a Riot Girl? And it's like, yeah, the Riot Girl's solidly seven points cheaper, has an additional wound, MSC1, and because the Cyclone's cool, goddammit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a robot that does that, that on four legs that goes zooming around the table. What's your what's your what's your point? <laughs> like, and it 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 farts out pit pitches. Uh, it's got a big gun. It has its own repeater zone, and the model looks cool. And other than that list, when is that model it's like a going to see race the car. It's, what, what, what's, right. what's not it's cool. Yeah. Um. So. I, I play it in that list because it's useful in that list, but you're jumping through hoops to make it useful. Um, so they're probably in the bad. Mm, Lunacods are arguably ugly, um, but they really shouldn't be. They should be... like The reason you play Nomad should be because spider bots are cool. Yeah. Um, so good then. Um, I'm not going to discuss Uberfalls. Uberfalls are awesome. Uberfalls do a whole heap of things well. However, comma, Uberfalls aren't the only reason to play Bakunin. And if you rely on Uberfalls to do everything, um, they'll let you down. Um, they are one of the best units in the game and probably the best unit. Actually, it's the only real unit of its type. And if you broaden that to assault warbands more generally, bears are probably yeah, arguably better, although they're less good at killing things. But especially when you get more more of them in one close combat, then it gets crazy because you can decide <laughs> what, if you either take the face to face or not. So yeah, it's, uh, they can be yeah. Crazy fight. So Uberfall can kill anything they get into combat with. Yeah. Like, they will kill anything they get into combat with. It's just not necessarily the most efficient way to deal with things, is getting them into combat. Um, Zoe and uh, Pywell, though, uh, are definitely in the good part of... Moving on to stuff I, I want to talk about, because everybody talks about Uberfalls. Uh, Zoe and Pywell. Zoe and Pywell are absolutely one of the reasons to play Bakunin. Uh, Zoe is an engineer and a hacker, um, whip 15, uh, who just does everything in one package. The downside is that she's one wound and does everything in one package, so people try to kill her. Um, so one of the changes that happened recently, admittedly in Raven Eye, not with this most recent update, so it might have been in your last thing, uh, where she got a shotgun, which is awesome. Take the shotgun profile, don't take the combi rifle profile. Just believe me, it's almost always better. Um, uh, and then yeah, Pywell... Yeah, she get, gets attacked, it's mostly clo uh, up close, because you're hiding her out for the most, for the most uh, part. Right, and if you're getting shot in combi rifle range, it's all over for you anyway, don't worry about it. Like, like the fact you have a combi rifle is not going to save you. Um... Pywell, on the other hand, is probably one of the single most interesting units in Infinity. In the current um, ITS 13, he's insane. Oh, it's stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, in ITS, uh, ITS 14, uh, yeah, 
with Takimoto rules, ECM minus three, which everybody forgets about, like it's like ECM hacking minus three on a specialist rem, and everybody just forgets about that. Like, uh, uh, tackleware and marksmanship on something that already has mimetism negative six, a plus one burst flash pulse. Uh, yeah, uh, and is S two rather than S three just to make it easier to deploy. He's just stupid good and fun. Yeah, this guy um, has stopped my army uh, for so much for, for, for just being there he, with his current rules that, yeah, he's probably winning uh, uh, firefights in Arrow as an active uh, pretty, uh, pretty efficiently. With Zoe standing next to him, I regularly just leave him standing standing. Uh, because the likelihood of him taking three wounds and going dead is so low that generally, if he takes a hit, he's going to leave a corpse, at which point Zoe stands him back up again. And if you're lucky, you do your classified um, and you just laugh. Thank you. Um, Engineering, one point. Right? Because <laughs> um, I wasn't doing that already. Um so yeah, I, I regularly leave him standing. There's some factions where you can't. The aforementioned Varuna matchup I had, burst three, MSV two, has stands a good chance of just deleting it. Yeah, that's 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 his weak spot. But yeah, th that's probably one of his only weak spots uh, currently. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I regularly fort uh, 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 observe an ARO with him. Um, you're losing the plus three on the flash pulse, but people go like the reaction of hang on. Uh, and then when it goes off, every other interaction from that point on, it's like, oh no, now I'm targeted. Um, so if you can get the forward observer off first and then move to the flash pulses, it's like, yeah, cool. I'm now hitting you on targeted. Like I got lucky once and now, now the odds are in my favor. Yeah, yeah, and and I think once we go into ITS four, fifteen and the tech aware, I don't know if it stays or goes. Um, but even if 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 Pywell loses the tech aware and the uh, and the uh, uh, and and the marksmanship, still a good dude to have running around. So I strongly think the tech aware will go across the board. Um. There may be some sectorial specific profiles where you have to pay for it. Um, marksmanship will be the interesting one. Yeah. Um, like fundamentally, what it actually tells me is, hey, can you just give hackers assisted fireback, please? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Because. Um, for people who didn't play in N3, every hacker, sorry, every basic hacker uh, could apply assisted fire to REMS. Yeah, Admittedly, you had to do it yeah. more often, but it was still... Yeah, because uh, you, yeah, you yeah. lost it uh, once you're in, on your next turn. But uh, yeah, yeah you, exactly. Yeah, now it went to EVO and it stays on, but you're not taking EVOs that much. So particularly... Out. I find not in nomads generally, and I've got one Bakunin list where I run an Evo, but they're just so hard to fit in, I find. 
Um, you want mostly because... one regular hacker for that SWC. This might. So A, it's replacing a second hacker slot. Yeah. B, it's competing with things like your warbands for just slots generally. Yeah. C, quite often in Nomads, you're taking two moderators, and in Bakunin, you still often take two moderators as your lieutenant options, yeah. which means you're really slot hungry. So like, it doesn't do anything except make other things slightly better. Um, so it's a lot for that. Um, if you could activate it on, if you're going second, uh, I would find way more use for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my tangent on it would be to, if, if they would change Evo to make it more interesting is to change zero pain. Cause now it only works for the unit that has it on. So the Evo puts zero. So say you go into a. A, a big hacker combat, uh, someone has found your repeater and is trying to hack uh, everything and anything. Um, once you go with your Evo and you're in that fight and you say, well, I go zero pain, then your opponent's like, yeah, all right, uh, I just put all my Trinity on the other hacker and because uh, you're, you're not doing anything to me with that zero pain and just avoid it. But once yeah. zero pain would have worked for everyone, uh, in your uh, so say you're hacking and your Evo is covering with his zero pain everyone. Uh, so you're meaning the way it was interpreted early in N4, where yeah. that negative three mod got applied? Yeah, um, I found that way more interesting yeah. because it meant that you didn't lose anything by declaring zero pain. No. Whereas now Zoe, who also has zero pain, I often find myself declaring. Carbonite, Oblivion, or Spotlight. Yeah, you want to attack your opponent. Of, yeah, yeah. Right, just to force them to throw one of their burst at Zoe. Yeah. Um, so that there's more chance of one of my my many hacks going off if they're under my repeaters. Yeah. Yeah, the ease uh, of yeah, avoiding it's... the Evo is uh, is what what makes it lacking for me. Yes. Um, it's interesting because if you look at uh, other factions, like I play, I, some of my great friends play a lot of Pano, and I don't hold that against them. Honest, <laughs> um, they often take Evos because in their setup and the way they're playing, um, where being able to move their heavy infantry around or being able to move their tag around. Uh, is so fundamentally important. Investing in the the Evo um, allows them to do that with with significantly lower risk. So they quite often do that. And with that sort of spiky, a couple of really good units, um, then a lot of uh, sort of auto monkeys, cheerleaders, support pieces, it's easier to fit an Evo in. Whereas I quite like playing Nomads in a really flat way where you try to maximize attack vectors and maximize the utility across a lot of units. Yeah. Which admittedly isn't actually necessarily the best way to play M4, but it's a fun way to play the game. Choose fun. Uh, <laughs> I would say. Let yeah. the guys who want to be first at the satellite do their thing. I want to enjoy my <laughs> armies. Yeah, so, um, and I, I find modern Bakunin with 
with the way you can build lists, uh, and this is probably one of the really good things about Bakuna at the moment, is you don't necessarily have to go all in on a core in every sort of build archetype um, to experience a lot of the different factions. So one of the lists I've been exper experimenting with recently uh, is uh, built around two fire teams. It's a foursome of a Cenobite HRL, a Cenobite chain rifle, a Custodia combi rifle uh, HD plus lieutenant, and a Custodia combi rifle HD plus lieutenant decoy. Mm -hmm. So that's the, the, the core. So those two hackers have six cents. I have a Mims of negative six BS12 ARO piece. Um, and there's a lot of things that fire team can do. The other fire team is a Riot Girl Spitfire. So that's a damage 15 Spitfire um, with MSV, two wounds, and arm three. Avi Siena and Fiddler. I, yeah. Right? So you're playing a Mimitan negative six fire team and an MSV1 active gun fire team with all of the best specialists in the world. Um, so there's you're you're getting this experience of two different parts of Bakunin um, and able to use them either sort of on the same flank supporting each other or different flanks or um, so there's a some some really nice gameplay options you can do with that uh, and then it's supported by four Morlocks so you have the the angry furry part of the faction uh, uh, two zeros and Robin Hook. So I have a midfield repeater in, in that mix. Um, and I have zeros, which are part of the skirmisher um, NMF, so Nomad Military Forces, part of the faction, uh, supported by a couple of REMs, including a guided missile REM. So there's a lot of different um, themes going on, but also a lot of mutually supportive um, attack options and vectors. Um, so it's like you can do that uh, and none of the units in that like the most expensive unit in that list is I want to say 35 points um, so you're at a really low peak cost yeah. um, and there's a lot of capability spread in a lot of different places in that list so it's a it's a way I like playing in Infinity it's probably not the on meta way of playing infinity um where a couple of really big pieces tags etc supported by a couple of different cheap vectors and then some support pieces that you can afford to lose tends to be more the the highly success, successful list builds yeah but it's a fun way to play and it can be really good it's just sometimes you'll get unlucky and it'll go all ugly. Yeah, but it's something I, I, I tend to advocate for. Like, yeah, you, sometimes you build a list and you just look for, well, this guy does this one thing really, really well. Uh, so I want his tag because he's really, really well in shooting and, and he's very stubborn. And then I want my specialist to be as cheap, as cheerful as possible and, and hopefully with infiltration so he can be as order efficient as he can be 
add objectives and so in that way form your list. But it's also fun just to have units that can do can go different different ways because their kit is so extended towards uh, doing different stuff and then have totally different games because the one time he needs his gun, the other time he needs his adhesive launcher, the one time he needs his pistol, like uh, you bring different things to bear because yeah, you have to uh, modify your tactics towards what the mission is required or what the game state has has turned into uh, uh, after a few turns of play. Um, that's far more interesting than me than yeah, playing the highly optimized stuff and doing the same thing over and over and over again. Um, so yeah, that. Uh, I would say try it out at, at, for at least for the point that if you come into a tournament and people expect, well, uh, I'm facing this Bakun now, uh, there will be Uberfall Commando, there will be Morlocks, there will be uh, uh, Riot Girls, uh, I know what to get. And then you change it up a bit and maybe put your opponent on, on the back foot because it's like, hold on, you can play it this way as well. Yeah, it it, it can be fun. Yeah. Like, um, so, for instance, a lot of my lists at the moment don't actually have an Uberfall in them. Yeah. Uh, and what I'm running instead is four Morlocks. Quite often spread in two in group one, two in group two. Um, and personally, I'm a fan of the craft Morlock, so the chain rifle assault assault pistol Morlock yeah. uh, over the, the EM. Uh, and it's because I find in actual gameplay most of my fights happen inside eight inches, not in close combat. Yeah. And the assault pistol outperforms that. Yeah, then shines. Yeah, yeah. Like, phenomenal unit for six points yeah. uh, inside eight inches. Like, it's just bizarre and absurd yeah. that it's a thing. Um, and with four of them, you can generally find that you still have a couple alive turn three. Uh, where it's starting to mix it up in the midfield and being able to go, cool, I spend an impetuous order and then an irregular order and just delete something that is like three times my cost and way more important than I am um, is just valuable. And you get more of that value with a chunk of Morlocks that then allows me to do things like run... Uh, seven observance models um yeah. uh or yeah which is uh, a list i ran recently it was uh six units with movements of negative six uh an initiated observant with movements of negative three and then this was the game robin hook also rolled movements of negative six so it's like yeah cool everything on my list basically that you will see has movements. <laughs> um uh but you have to pay for that yeah. Uh, whereas having four Morlocks supporting that yeah, actually doesn't feel that that short in orders because Morlocks I find are really good at enabling other units to do stuff efficiently because either they get rid of a annoying uh, blocker uh, so they can clear out mines, other deployables really effectively, or trade into midfield units or get smoke down, yeah. all of which then allows you to efficiently move your actual attack pieces around the board. Um, so by having Morlocks, uh, multiple Morlocks instead of 
and Uberfall, I'm not hitting the peak power of an Uberfall at all, not coming close to it. But for a lot of the game, I'm having the right piece I needed in the right spot. Um, so I'm happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like having the Uberfall Commando doesn't mean that the Morlock is still a ace, well, more banned with what it brings, especially the one with the Assault Pistol. Uh, oh, that and the new roll regen plus three fizz on it. And it's like, yeah, cool. So this regenerates on 16s. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you just got my warband. Yeah. It stands back up again. Oh, that uh, hurts. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, and like, Morlocks are just good, fun units to play. Um, in a way that. Uberfalls are so technical to use well, um, and you can easily lose a game employing an, an Uberfall incorrectly. Yeah. Because you spend your entire turn trying to kill something, and then it gets crit on the uh, in the close combat. Yeah. Um, that I always find them nerve wracking to use in a way that it's just like, oh, my Warlock died. Guess I try something else then. <laughs> Um, so yeah, huge fan of Mor Morlocks. Um, they're still absolutely part of the good of the faction. Yeah. Um, uh, we've discussed Riot Girls tangentially. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, yeah. uh, Riot Girls are still every bit as they, good as they used to be for the entirety of N4. Nothing has changed. Everything you would have said in your previous uh, video about Riot Girls remains true. Yeah. You can app absolutely run the same lists that you used to run focused on right girls in Bakunin now they're just slightly better because you can pair them with some a couple of the options that came in with the new change so that's yeah now we got wabara running around uh saving their arms ah. if they lay down <laughs> I think you're less likely to see Wabara in a Riot Girls list. Maybe if you're doing a sort of uh, observant Riot Girls split, uh -huh. which I, I do think is one of the stronger archetypes in Bakunin, um, it's still going to be obviously in a standing people up. But it's things like Robin Hawk in the midfield to give you midfield repeaters, or an initiated observant in the midfield to give you midfield repeaters. Ah, right, like, yeah. Those are both things. Yeah. Um, probably taking a step back for a bit and this probably needs to sit in the bad um and it's mostly just because we haven't spoken about them yet prowlers um i think this change has shown up prowlers a bit um they were already hard to fit in lists and justify in lists um the spitfield fire prowler is a good option it can work really well but it's not always necessarily the most reliable option and there will be games where it just sucks for you um but there's also games where it'll single-handedly win you the game yeah that's still true but there's a lot of competition for other options that you'd put in that 30 point slot and other ways of building lists that mean that 
yeah, maybe I don't reach for the Spitfire Prowler as much as I did in early N4 um, Bakunin, um, which wasn't much already. Uh, I like these guys from the, my N2 days. Um, yeah, them being able to uh, infiltrate and being a Spitfire. So late game, they can be uh, very dangerous when the fight has been going on for a while. And then all of a sudden, uh, so I love this high end deployment. Let's go all of a sudden you make him appear and then, yeah, you thought you dealt with all my uh, big gunfighters. Well, here's another Spitfire for you to try and survive. So, so that's where I actually disagree. So I've run triple zero, triple prowler Bakundin before mm-hmm. and had a ball. Um, one of the things I never really had a difficulty with was keeping my Spitfire Prowlers alive until I needed to use them. Because there's so much you can add to a Bakunin midfield. Um, And there's a lot of other obvious targets, warbands, that your opponent really needs to deal with. Otherwise, they're going to get up in his face and cause them problems. Or rather, get get, get up in their face and cause them problems. Um, So... I never really found... Oh, no, the thing that is the problem why I'm not using Prowlers is the fact that they die. I just found that they were too expensive. Um, Partly that got fixed with the dropping from 2SWC to 1.5SWC, but you're still paying 36-odd points for a one-wound model that you probably spend half of the turn's orders on. Um, Right? It just... Yeah, I struggled to, uh, given its resilience on the attack, um, and how often like BS twelve mimetism bounces off people surprisingly often. Um, despite the fact that I will maintain that BS twelve uh, mimetism in nomads is telling you that this is a gunfighter and you should use it as such, um, yeah, it'll still bounce occasionally. Um, so it's. That was what I always found was difficult with justifying uh, prowlers was yeah. when they went on the attack, that bounce and or get crit and die, and they were expensive. Giving them a hidden deployment didn't really solve that problem. Well, I, um, I, I disagree to uh, to an extent, especially if you are the player that goes second. Because yeah, yeah, no. the, the, the issue with, yeah, currently, yeah, I think null deployment is the way to go when you are going second. And to have units hidden means they cannot be fired upon, or especially when a wave of Taigas is coming your way uh, from the combined army. Uh, it's nice that you can wait with your Prowler when the wave of warbands have rushed over you, and you can just... Uh, move along and and do the do the objective or do some killing uh, when the warbands have uh, have passed you by. So because that's the some issues that I run in with infiltration units is that they will be found out by the warband wave that's coming over over and cheaply deals with and, them. And that's like that is definitely a problem, and it does happen. Um, I just. 
I just always found with the number of camo markers you can put into a Bakunin midfield, them specifically knowing to go after your Prowler rather than going after your Mine or Mine Layer Zero, um, which is like just was more tolerable. Mm. That being said, it having a hidden deployment is absolutely great and it does allow it to do those sort of things. So I think it still has a place in post-observance change Bakunin. It's just fitting it in is hard. Yeah. Uh, and one, You have to know what you want to do with it. Sorry. Uh, you, you have to know what you want to do with it. It's just another unit you just add on. Like You, you have to play around it to make it work. Like you're, you're playing without those 40 points in, in your first or second turn. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and one of the units it directly competes with is New Bran. Yeah. Uh, and New Bran got swole. <laughs> um, he lost his ability to climb, which is weird for the Monkey King. Um, he got he got too swole. He's, he's he's now a gorilla. He has to stay on the ground. <laughs> yeah, so I'm curious to see what uh, what model they come out with it. So if they make him into a gorilla, I'll laugh. Uh, and we'll, we'll be like, it's like, okay, cool. You're going with the meta joke. Thanks. Um, so what we're talking about is the fact that he got NWI and lost climbing plus and some close combat ability. Yeah. Um, what this has done... He's still got super jump a, though, so... He always had super jump. Yeah. Uh, and super jump and climbing plus is just way, way better than just super jump. Honestly. Yeah, you can jump against the um, wall. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you can have climbing plus or super jump, even with the changes to super jump, you still want climbing plus, particularly on a camo model. Um, oh, he also got six two move, which does mitigate these problems a little bit. Yeah. Um, what this has done is make him a really premier um, bully assassination piece. So if you think of things like Speculos and Shinobu, they can kill pretty much anything in the game if the dice are right. Uh, thanks primarily to Monofilament. Yeah. Whereas my, uh, you... my GSA friend uh, disagrees, but he rolls badly every time he uses another one. <laughs> like, uh, th there's a reason I like the way I describe defending against Oniwama and, and Shinobu is you need to set it up such that they can only roll once. Yeah. Not because that'll actually improve your odds of surviving the attack at all. But generally, what it does is get your opponent to go, that's like a 50, 60% chance this works, and I get one shot at it. Uh, I don't like those odds. I won't do it. And it dissuades them from making the attempt because the likelihood of success isn't worth the, co worth the risk of failure. Yeah. Um, so brand by getting nwi and shock immunity kind of does it the other way right because he can take a hit he can but he's not going to kill uh something that's heavy infantry or a tag 
um, or even reliably anything with NWI. So those sort of targets you can't go after. But he can shred a one wound armor one backline. Yeah. Um, either by putting hit mode templates into it or sorry, hit mode into it or templates into it from his shotgun. Um, and I haven't not taken the shotgun profile and I don't know anybody else who has not taken the shotgun profile since it changed. Um, because with NWI, he's just set up to go, cool, you have a DTW. I'm going to trade with you. Yeah. Because um, chances are he can trade with a corner guard uh, and then still attack the thing that he's supposed to kill. Yeah, you, you want those plus sixes to have a high chance of survivability and then, or take just take one hit because you now have no wounding cap and just blast and uh, be done with it and then go around the corner and have more units under the blast. Right? Yeah. Um, so that's probably not going to kill a heavy infantry lieutenant. No. Um, and you're probably not using against a light infantry lieutenant with a decoy because there's a 50% chance you picked the wrong one. Um, but boy, if I'm doing something like running the uh, Custodia um, fire team I was discussing earlier, Bran playing into that scares me because yes, I'm dodging on 11s, but if he can set it up that he templates multiple things scary it's even scarier into a zoe cyclone pywell list because if he manages to kill zoe in that fire team the other two things stop being nearly as scary yeah yeah it's, it, uh, yeah as, as long as you get more things under it the 50 50 chance i would take it if you're all dodging yeah let's fire that template and see who's who's going to survive that Right, so yeah. it's so Bran is absolutely one of the the big changes to Bakunin, and the big changes to Vanilla Nomads is we finally uh, that's probably a bad way of saying it, but we have a really effective deep strike assassination piece, um, which is one of the critical threats for really top tier factions yeah um because what what it, what it means is on turn one my dz can be threatened um and i have to actually take that threat seriously which means quite often i'm going to want to choose first even when the mission is telling me not to yeah because i don't want to have brando castro in my DZ having too much fun being a monkey. Right? Yeah. Um, or what it means is I go, I would really prefer to play this list uh, against your faction. Yeah. But the loop, like the backline support options, whether that's the lieutenant or whether it's you've only got one hacker or whatever, yeah. is just too vulnerable to Bran, so I can't. Um and the scary thing is, Bran doesn't have to be in your list to force that decision-making on your opponent. He yeah. just needs to exist. Yeah, 
like 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 the Noctifer, like like uh, Axia McNeil, like Speculos, like, Speculos, like yeah. As soon as they exist, you have to treat the potential of them being your opponent's reserve um, as a threat. Yeah. So, so Bran going from being a one-wound, interesting, but rarely taken option to being a, no, no, this is now a core faction feature and you will see this all the time, mm-hmm. has fundamentally changed your opponent's decision-making when play, when they play into Bakun. When they know what Bran is capable of, yeah. If they know just an inkling about your, your uh, about this monkey man existing, <laughs> they should take take note. All right. Um, um, so that yeah. Is is there anything we've missed about good, bad, ugly for new stuff? I can't think of anything. Well, there's there's this thing I just want to cover because it's it's a nomad staple, and that's lieutenants being bloody obvious. Um, but there has been it's a gotten bit of, worse as well. Yeah. So, now, so the, uh, also you want to discuss the demonist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. There's a, there's a new lieutenant in town. There is. And I've, um, I've seen some. It, it doesn't have a model, but I've seen some lovely proxies. I've seen one with the succubus. I've seen one with Cthulhu. <laughs> nice. People, uh, people are going crazy with it and just yeah, let their three D printers uh, fill in the blanks like, and come up with with, with with nice stuff. So I like to joke that uh, Corvus Belli's fantasy game is actually just a module on Bakunin. <laughs> so by canon, I can use all of those models in my Bakunin list, and it's fine. <laughs> um, you joined yeah, Warcrow no, Adventures Kickstarter. Congratulations, you have a Bakunin army. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> so there is an army in the box. Oh, <laughs> No Nomad player will begrudge you that option. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, demonists look really cool at 300 and 400 points. Sorry, 350 and 400 points. Yeah. Um, so Bakunin has a, is tight for points, slots, and SWC. Yeah, because, um, yeah, there are a lot of units that are really good, but they're around the 30 point mark. So you're spending. Yeah, uh, and you can easily fill slots by just adding morks. Yeah, right. Um, so, segue here for a moment. Don't ever run like a ten order, eleven order, twelve order uh, Bakunin list. Like, and, and I've seen ten order Bakunin lists, and it's like, no, no, no. A transductor and four morks in group two will just fundamentally change how that list plays for like 31 points yeah it's just stupid like just add more locks if you you haven't hit your your cap yeah Yeah, it's not Um, not a bad thing to just have more locks waving in front of your army with their impetuous order with their regular order and just being a nuisance in uh while they run uh, across the field yeah they're just great for that yeah 
problem the demonist solves is freeing up those slots. Um, and also having a hard-to-kill lieutenant for nomads that also can't just be trivially guided to death. Um, and I think it does that well. The problem is it does literally nothing else. So you're spending, uh, off the top of my head, 36 points for the two lieutenant order option, which means in Bakunin you have to now be running a observance Moira, uh, Reverend Moira, somewhere to make use of those as an NCO. Mm-hmm. And realistically, because they're only one wound, you probably want two of them. Congratulations, that's now 100 points, and you have to be running a Reverend Fire team. Um, so you rapidly run into points issues if you go down this path. Um, so most lists I've seen with a demonist in get better at 300 points if you remove the demonist and get to the same point, same things, same some other way, yeah. and you actually end up with about the same amount of orders overall. Yeah. It's just they're actually regular orders, so you don't have to spend them on a Moira. You can spend them on something else instead. Yeah. Um, so that's how I'm feeling about it at 300 points. It would be different if I could add it to either of the two Observance Fire Teams, so the Observance Fire Team or the Reverend Fire Team, because then what I'd likely do is add it in and then either if I'm making a late game push with the fire team, drag it along with me because who doesn't want to drag a, a Vulcan shotgun with guard into the midfield? No, um, lovely stuff. Right? Two yeah. wounds, guard, and, and a Vulcan shotgun. Yes, I want that in the midfield. Yeah. Oh, no, it's my lieutenant. Oh, God. Um, right? Um, so if I could add it to either of the fire teams, I, I might because I either do that or you just leave it behind when you push the fire team forward. So you get the bonus from two ballistic skill from it or bonus one ballistic skill and six cents from it uh, at deployment, and then you just lose that at some point during the game. Yeah. Um, but you can't do that with it. So you're really tough to fit in at 300 points. At 350 and 400 points, though, because the game actually doesn't have to be played at 300 points, despite the fact we mostly forget that. You don't? Um, what? Right? <laughs> um, you can do crazy stuff with it? I know, right? <laughs> um, it's why, like, this is, this is actually part of the reason the casual IGL that just went was 350 points. Yeah, just, yeah. Because... Because it changes some units that you just look at and go, I can't fit that in my list. Suddenly becomes a, actually, now I can. Um, Because at 350 and 400 points, you become a lot more slot limited than you do point or SWC limited. Yeah. So the demonist replacing two moderators frees up a slot, gives you an order, and suddenly your lieutenant's harder to kill. Yeah. That's a good trade if you have the points to pay for it. Um, 
on the other hand, the model looks like I'm expecting will look awesome. Um, there's a strong chance I'll end up buying three of them so that I can run them as my third overfall because <laughs> that's just hilarious. Um, uh, and I already I already own two overfalls. Um, I have the classic overfall, but with a Miranda with an Elder. Um, sorry, uh, uh, Games Workshop. Um, uh, Escher, sorry, uh, Escher yeah. Whip um, on Miranda as the Chimera for that because I couldn't. I I failed at the one true test of the Bakunin player. Um, which is gluing the Chimera's um, whip on and having it actually work. Yeah. Um, I failed at that hurdle, so I just instead converted Miranda with an Escher shock whip, which is cooler, so I'm okay with failing at the first hurdle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I run that, and then I run uh, Witch Hexer, so one of the alternate sculpts for Hexer from Aristea, yeah. with three wolves. Uh, so there's this witch and a wild hunt going on. So those, but then a uh, like an angel and demons vibe for a third one would be cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would be awesome, uh, especially with the whole observant going on and then having like these demons and angels running with them. That's just, ex ex yeah, that, that's awesome. Right? Yeah. It, it, fit, it fits really well. Yeah. Um, so the, the model looks really cool, and I definitely want to run it as a demonist as well uh, yeah. at some point. And I'll probably convince somebody to run a 350-point uh, 20 locally so I can do that. Yeah. Um, uh, with decapping, specifically so that I can justify running a demonist. Yeah, because uh, that's the mission uh, I would... <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to say, like, decapitation, there's a reason to bring a demonist, because, yeah, all the other... Uh, if you go with decapitation and your lieutenant is known, you either have one in camo, or you have one that's not easy to kill. Um, yep. So the other ones, so decap and panic room in the same lineup, yeah. I'd have a real... Like, one of my lists would have a taskmaster lieutenant with two Morlocks, and the other list would have a demonist. Yeah. Right? Because both of them are good in Panic Room and both of them are good in, um, uh, yeah, in, in Decap. Because yeah. killing a Taskmaster in your back line is just hard to do. Yeah. And for Panic Room, yeah, you have to run him in and have that extra points for being the lieutenant. Right. And so while having a focus three. shotgun and a guard to f fight everyone in that room. Yeah. Right, it's exactly yeah. the thing you want. You want to either clear out the room on turn three or hold the room on turn three. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, uh, I can absolutely like. It is a cool concept. It is a cool model, or it will be a cool model. I'm certain. Yeah. Um, it just probably doesn't live at 300 point infinity. Yeah. Um, so. Talking lieutenants in, no, in Bakunin generally, though, um, annoyingly, uh, Moira lieutenants are no longer with 14. Because um, mm. I, I almost ran one the other day as a decoy with uh, a custodia as a decoy. Yeah. Uh, to buff up that fire team. Um, and then I realized you couldn't. Um, and it's like, oh, 
Oh, that's annoying. <laughs> would be fun though. Yeah, that's, yeah. There's, 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 <laughs> that would be a a way to make it not that you're always bringing just two moderators and uh, putting them on one in the other, one in the other, in the other corner, and just hope that your opponent chooses unwisely. So the last couple of games with Bakunin, I haven't run two moderators. Oh. Um, uh, and it's specifically to get more Morlocks, because Morlocks are a thousand percent better than moderators. Um, but the way I've been Even doing Even the moderator that, with his shotgun? We got a moderator with a shotgun. Um, I have <laughs> never actually taken the moderator with a shotgun. Yeah, it's like, a new thing. I like the... <laughs> it is, yeah. but I can't ever put it in the list because I want something that is actually doing stuff in that slot. Yeah, yeah. And so my moderators inevitably are a moderator lieutenant, a moderator um, lieutenant decoy, and then maybe a paramedic. Um, and then if I'm taking a fourth, it's a pitcher. Um, and then I'm adding a right girl to that. But I also don't like that fire team because it doesn't do anything. It's a missile launcher that sits in your back line and four other slots that are taken up. Yeah. Once the, once the missile um, goes down, all those moderators look at each other. Well, we ain't going to do anything with the objectives or killing anyone because we can't. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so I don't take enough moderators to justify uh, the shotgun. So this is... Um, so I said earlier that what CB is doing for Bakunin is actually one of the best designed uh, releases because one of the boxes they're releasing is two moderators, two Morlocks as a box. So if you take the box, the observance uh, uh, box, whatever it's called, the observance box, mm -hmm. That box of two moderators and two Morlocks, a Zond box of two transductors, and a blister of two zeros, you get a perfectly playable 300-point um, Bakunin list with a couple of spare models that is actually really quite good. Yeah. And it's like four purchases, and you're done. And it gives you a really solid base to build the faction off. Yeah. Um, that's an aside. But what I was saying is I'm, I haven't been running moderators in Bakunin recently. What I've been running is instead is double custodia. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you said, at least, yeah. Um, and it's a risk. But it's a risk coming off playing Tunguska as my last faction where I was running obvious uh, interventors as my lieutenants. Yeah. Um, and they died way less off often than I expected them to. Um, there was a couple of games I lost because they died. Or, sorry, yeah. I lost and they died. But mostly I was getting my face shoved in anyway, so um, like the fact that I lost the lieutenant just was worse. Um, but freeing up those extra spots, genuinely, I found has given me an entirely additional vector into the yeah. list. Um, 
I then had the joy of cross crafting a list for an opponent, for a faction, for a mission, and knowing it would be played on one of two tables. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, when we're online and we're discussing lists, we assume it could be any faction, most missions, any number of different table styles, densities, build proclivities, um, and we're all playing Lobo. Like yeah. when people people discuss list online, yeah. they assume your opponent is going to be Lobo or somebody of that caliber. Oh right, yeah. Uh, they assume it has to be on any sort of table. Yeah. They assume it has to work for most missions. Yeah. Um. So you end up with this is part of the reason why we all go towards certain build archetypes because if you assume all of those things then you really don't have much scope to experiment with so this was the game i was playing into varuna and one of the things varuna really lacks other than a squallow grenade launcher is the ability to attack into a dz really effectively on turn one it just really struggles at that. There's a couple of things that can almost do it, but it just isn't good at that. So the result was I went, cool, I don't need a decoy lieutenant because my opponent basically can't threaten my lieutenant. Um, equally, they've only got one really decent killer hacker option, and that's hard to fit in a lot of lists. So quite often, Varuna won't run killer hackers. So I got away with running an obvious Custodia, um, which freed up the fourth member of that fire team to be a second Cenobite, which, as we said earlier, are ridiculously good, and gave me 10 points back in the list. So because I was building for a known context instead of the general online context of I'm playing Lobo and I don't know what the mission is and what the table is, uh, I got to do some things that I couldn't do normally. I think that's a good way to go. Um... Because else, yeah, if you're always thinking about fighting Lobo, you're always making the same type of list. So people are like, ah, oh, you're you're making that list that always, yeah. So you're you're not surprising. So yeah, it gives you options to yeah. If if it's another army, if it's another setup, yeah, to yeah, be survivable. And, be, or, yeah. And Lobo is just a just an example because we both interact with them often um, uh, in uh, IGL. But it could be like the concept of playing one of the best people in in the meta, playing that faction in the way that it is played best. It's like, that's not always true. Uh, and sometimes realizing that and going, actually, I'm playing this. I get to do some stuff I don't usually do and have fun with that. Is really good. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I, I had a, I had a ball ignoring the classic two moderators recently. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for sure, because yeah, because uh, when I play against. Uh, Bakunin, there are a few things that I have in mind. One is do not overextend because once you overextend you will be eaten by Uberfall Commandos and Morlocks. 
but if you have a chance, try and kill both moderators and you have an easier time. Um, but once you change up that, that's like, all right, that's one weakness gone that I wanted to deal with. Um, so that, that, yeah, it gives you options. So I, I think it's still true in yeah. that sectorials I... don't like loss of lieutenant. So one of Bakunin's weaknesses is still its lieutenants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you can you can play around with that and accept risk um, by by doing things. And if you win Infowar, if you win the Infowar game, and this is why literally every list I play has a killer hacker in it. Mm-hmm. Um, running a hacker lieutenant um is 100% viable and custodians are a lot harder to kill than a moderator yeah um there are some things that'll just delete them anyway but um by and large they're a lot harder to kill than a moderator yeah um so there's and you want to take a hacker anyway so being able to double up on a link member getting six cents in the link your lieutenant and your hacker um, frees up a lot of space in the list, which allows you to do things that you can't you can't do otherwise if yeah. you don't accept that risk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Generally, uh, sorry. Yeah, for sure. Like like with most Cosmo Flood players, like myself, uh, you take the chance. Like I have William Wallace, who is a clear lieutenant whenever he's set up. Um, yeah, you take that risk because he brings a lot of rewards. And I think that's the same for when you can bring a Reverend Custodier. Like, yeah, you have this one lieutenant, but it opens up for other stuff. So, and sometimes you have you, to, and sometimes you just have to spend those all your command tokens to make irregular orders regular and <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs> oh, wow, is Bakunin command taken, token hungry though? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I I went through uh, three out of four of my command tokens going first, not holding an additional reserve uh, in a game last week, uh, and then spent my uh, fourth command token in early in turn two to reform the fire team. Uh, it was just like, it's like, cool, if I go into the loss of lieutenant at this point, it's all bad, badness. <laughs> Uh, just uh, and admittedly, there was very little risk of me going into loss of lieutenant at that point, which was part of the reason I spent so many command tokens heavily was to establish a board state that was really difficult for my opponent to attack out of. But like, it's like apart from Morlocks, pretty much every model on one on the board had a cube. Um. I have a really good doctor, but I can't re-roll any of it because I didn't have any command tokens left. <laughs> like, just stuff like that. Um, it's like, well, uh, um, just burns through them more than um, more than any other faction I've played recently. And admittedly, I only play Nomads and Nomad Adjacent uh, uh, NA2. So it's a limited set. But yeah, wow. Because you're running a lot of irregular, a lot of fire teams that need to be managed, and you're doing a lot of healing. 
like those all take command tokens before you start look at coordinated orders or uh, anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, since you're uh, you're putting this one uh, flash bolt and four Morlocks in one group, yeah, you you spend that one order uh, irregular order, make a command token to just push your uh, your your Morlocks a little bit further. So that's already one spend, and then. Uh, <laughs> So in N3, yeah. I've won a game entirely off burning all of my command tokens in group two uh, on the first turn. It yeah. was a group of a Sinator and four Morlocks. Um, I managed to push an EM CCW uh, Morlock into CC with an overextended avatar. And the only reason I could do it was I burned all four command tokens. <laughs> Um, and my opponent just did not see it coming because he's going, you can't push the Morlocks here. And it's like five orders. Yeah, five yeah. orders through a single Morlock. Got it there, got it in the close combat and got the attack in. Yeah. Um, and he's going, but it's like... If yeah, that I spend the command turn, token to make a regular order regular and then spend one to make, give it all to the whole group. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Absolutely, it is something that is worth doing in Bakunin, and it can surprise people. But wow, do you feel it in your fire teams once you've done that? <laughs> your fire teams are not allowed to break from then on. <laughs> right. This is why you have number two. That's yeah. right. I'm yeah. the thing that's going to get crit. Ah! You get number two because you're going to spend it all on Morlocks. Uh, Corvus Belly already has provided this tactic. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so the the discord for my local community um is named after a n3 bakunin list mm -hmm. uh literally just morlocks <laughs> i've i've made a list where i just put out i got eight morlock models because i have the old ones and the new ones and it was like let's make a list with just eight <laughs> and then it was n3 time so you could at least go past 15 models and then had it filled Those up with moderators. Numbers. It was like a dumb 20 order super list with all Morlocks running everywhere. <laughs> those are rookie numbers. You got to pump up those numbers. Yeah. <laughs> I have nine painted legit Morlocks <laughs> and three additional proxies. <laughs> yeah, actually, I have nine. Yeah, I have nine. Yeah. But yeah, you got more. Yeah. You need more Morlocks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Aristea. So yeah. I use Gator. Um, as I said earlier, I'm using 8-Ball uh, as a Stig proxy, but I can also use it as a, um, a proxy for Morlocks. Uh, and then uh, one of the other Aristeas as well. In my uh, defense, I have tw 12 Galwegians. So... <laughs> uh, Scotland the Brave, hey. Yeah. So yeah, any any anything else you like still uh, want to uh, cover? Um, no, I I think we've tangentially hit everything. Yeah. Um, like Bakunin is and has been for a while, but right now the changes have broadened how you can build it. Yeah. But it's competitive enough that it is up there and you can you won't feel like you're lacking abilities when you play the game 
you shouldn't feel like you're playing uphill because of the faction as you play Bakun. But it has such a breadth now in how you build lists that I'm not looking to change from Bakunin anywhere that I can think of in the, in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I played Corregidor for maybe eight, nine months in N4. Um, I played Tunguster for about six months. I played White Banner, sorry, not White Banner, um, White Company for about three months. I've bounced in and out of Tunguska and Vanilla during that time. But now there's so much width in how you can play Bakunin that um, I'm looking really forward to exploring all the various different ways you can make things work. Yeah. Well... Uh, uh, I'm guessing that uh, once we uh, put out this episode, the day after the re- the Black Hand reinforcements are announced, <laughs> and we'll change everything we've said at this point. Yes. <laughs> no. Um. Thanks for having me. It's been a, yeah. a blast chatting. Uh, Bakunin is honestly my first love in in Nomads, and it's always great to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And Nomads, of course, is the best faction in Infinity. I, uh, I won't dispute it. Espe- uh, espe- <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time every time I play against Bakunin. So yeah, uh, thanks for uh, for coming on. Uh, any any shoutouts you like to make? Um, so actually one, and that'll, that'll be happy. Uh, he's a local from Sydney who's one of the guys who taught me to play and has been repping Bakunin since I've known him and still comes back to the faction, still going strong with it. Um, you'll see him running double right girls and has done for about the last three years in various different guises. <laughs> yeah, that's just so solid. Yeah. If you want to take one thing that's right, girls are good. Stay good. Uh, uh, have fun. <laughs> and take a look at those Cenobites with heavy rocket launchers and be scared shitless <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh bakunin is a warband and heavy infantry faction with medium infantry and rem support yeah and that is awesome and everything can be healed if killed <laughs> <laughs> yep oh no <laughs> all right well thanks a bunch for your your insights this was one on my list to uh, to uh, cover uh let's see what black hands will bring but we will uh, we will talk about that in future. And listeners, thanks for tuning in, and I will see you all next time. <laughs>